Good morning, everyone. We're, uh, this is part five of What is Your Story? Before we leave chapter one of this Gospel by Mark, I'd just like to say a few more things. Firstly, you will possibly have noticed that the word immediately is used over and again, as we've read through the verses that we have. When a servant was required by their master to do something, it was imperative that it was done without delay or immediately. And this is the character of Christ particularly seen in this gospel of God's perfect servant, as he is about his father's business, doing and fulfilling the work his father gave him to do. Incidentally, at the end of this gospel, you'll see the Lord Jesus sitting at the right hand of God having completed the work perfectly to the eternal satisfaction of his God and Father. That's rather beautiful. I want us to see the beauty and perfection of God's holy word, the Bible. This is no ordinary book. It is the sacred holy scriptures, which are utterly and totally reliable and trustworthy. Scripture says of itself, all scripture is given by inspiration of God which literally means it is God-breathed. It is actually the words of God. Each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, are written about the same person, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, but each have a different emphasis. Matthew portrays him as the king. Luke portrays him as the perfect man. John portrays him as God manifest in the flesh. Mark, as we shall see, portrays him as God's perfect servant. You'll have noticed that Matthew's Gospel has the genealogy of Christ going right back to David, the king, and Abraham. Chapter 2, for instance, commences with, Where is he that is born king? You'll notice, if you read Luke's Gospel, that his genealogy goes right back to Adam. Because as Adam was the first man and the federal head of the human race, Jesus is the second man, the Lord from heaven, the federal head of the people of God. You'll notice that John gives no genealogy, because this one of whom he writes is the Word. <clears throat> that is, he is God's message, not just messenger, but God's message to the world. The one who has come to declare God and to make him known. John chapter 1 says, No man has seen God at any time the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him, or he has made him known. Not only so, but his genealogy, so to say, is an eternal one. The first verse of John's Gospel says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And all things were created by him. And then it says in verse 14, And the Word became flesh. But you'll notice here that Mark has no genealogy either. The genealogy and lineage of a servant was of no consequence in those days. It had all to do with their master, his service, and the fulfilment of his will. So let's just consider a couple of verses. Mark 1 verse 35, for instance. It says, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, Jesus went out 
and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. How beautiful to see the Lord Jesus in this gospel going to spend much time, it says, a great while before day, with his father, as it were, receiving his work for that day. You see, the perfect servant never entered into the day and upon his service without finding a place of solitude in order to see the face of his father in prayer. Something that we can't understand, but it is a fact that this one who was and is the eternal God became the servant of God as he moved here upon earth to do God's will. But what about me? What about you? Can I please just say this one thing? Any Christian wanting to be a true and faithful servant to the Lord, where, when and where do we get our directions, instructions, guidance and strength from? Do we spend a great while in solitude, away from the pressures of life into which we'll soon be plunged, Do we spend a great while alone with God, on our knees, awaiting his instructions, his encouragement, his guidance and his strength for the day and for the service that he wants us to perform for him? I need constantly to be reminded nothing can be achieved of spiritual and eternal significance in the purposes of God without God and his blessing being upon what I say and what I do. There's also something else I would like to mention about this chapter before we go on to chapter 2. In verse 36, it says this, Simon and they that were with him followed after Jesus. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. That's not what they wanted to hear. Can I solemnly and seriously remind you, unsaved friend today, that opportunity knocks, but it doesn't knock forever? What I mean is this. The city of Capernaum had witnessed the power and presence of the Lord Jesus, but only a few responded and received the blessing. Later on, the Lord Jesus said this about the city, Thou Capernaum, which has been exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. How solemn and how serious it is to reject, or even, as the scripture says, to neglect, so great salvation. It may be that you have been listening to these messages for months now. And for that, I would just like to say to you, thank you. It encourages me no end to know that people are listening. However, have you heard with the hearing of faith? What I mean is, have you allowed the all-searching word of God to penetrate your heart and soul? Have you heard God speaking into your life and understood that he wants to have dealings with you personally? Please, please, please don't imagine that God's Holy Spirit will always 
strive with you and stir your heart. There will come a day, and maybe it'll be today, when he will cease to strive and cease to convict you any more. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. For some, but only a very few, in the city of Capernaum, there was salvation, deliverance, joy and blessing. But for those who had seen, heard and witnessed the Saviour in their midst and had not responded to him, there was eternal judgment awaiting them. The Lord of life and blessing (coughs) said that that which lay ahead of them was even more than that which Sodom and Gomorrah had experienced and will experience in the final day of judgment, when every unsaved soul will appear before him at the end of time. The story of a few, as we've seen, was absolutely wonderful. What is your story? Do you have a story of how God has touched your life? My prayer is that your story will be blessed assurance Jesus is mine. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Saviour all the day long. God bless his word to you today.